Man, my holiday bills are almost as hard to get rid of as my in-laws. I guess my budget will be my New Year's resolution again. Hi there, friendly S&T banker here. The aftermath of the holidays can be tough. Have you thought about using the equity in your home to consolidate your debt? I can do that? Yep. Home equities are one of the lowest cost financing options. At S&T Bank, we can help you so you can have a financial fresh start. Stop by a branch or visit stbank.com to learn more. S&T Bank. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally. He is Matt Williamson. It is a Thursday. Uh, We're heading into week two here. Week two actually kicks off tonight in the NFL. Uh, Eagles and the Vikings. Um, But uh, Matt, the uh, Steelers and Browns... uh, practicing for their Monday night game at uh, Acrisure Stadium. And um, I can't get past, uh, you know, I know the Steelers won't have Cam Hayward for this game and for the near future. Sure. Uh, foreseeable future here. We'll see when uh, when he is able to come back. Here's a little stat for you. Okay. Since he has joined the Cleveland Browns, seven games now, Yes. Deshaun Watson has a 40.7 completion percentage when under pressure. Oh, yeah, I saw that. That's horrific. Only Zach Wilson, Who's about the worst Taylor Heineke, have worse completion percentages than Watson when under pressure since 2022, minimum of 50 attempts. Um, yeah. Watson last week against Cincinnati was 4 for 11 for 68 yards in an interception. That's a 20.3 passer rating when he was under pressure. The Steelers, despite playing as poorly as they did last week, had a 40.6 quarterback pressure percentage against the 49ers. I think that was like fifth or sixth in the league. Uh, it was tied for ninth highest. Ninth, okay. Yeah. I knew it was impressive. And obviously Watt had a lot to do with it, but it wasn't alone. I mean, yeah. Watt had a great game. But they did rush the passer pretty well in that game, even with Hayward sidelined. Yeah, more than half the game. I, I can't remember exactly when he got hurt. But it was more in the first half. half yeah. yeah, it was the first half. He tried to come back briefly, briefly. Yeah, I think that's a huge key to it. And Watson isn't as dangerous late in the down as he used to be, or at least hasn't proven to be. It's probably still in him somewhere. His accuracy wanes under pressure. He was never super accurate to begin with. He invites chaos more than he should from holding the football, trying to be the best athlete on the field like he's still at Clemson. And I think that's a huge key. I mean, so we've been doing this a long time, and I didn't, we didn't discuss this beforehand, but I'm betting your next question or comment is, do you think the Steelers blitz like crazy in this game? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm kind of thinking without Cam, you know. If without we, Cam, you've got to generate, if you look. You've got to generate that pressure no matter what. So if you look at what they did last year when they didn't have T.J. Watt, mm-hmm. um, when they did have Watt, they played a basically a four man rush because they could because they, they could Blitzburg only exists if you needed to right you know right when they didn't have Watt they blitzed more they tried to generate that pressure mm-hmm. in different ways so yeah I think you know that's one way to do it and I want to put somebody into Sean Watson's face at all times every time he drops back to throw the ball because he doesn't handle it well no it's a great point and again f- this is fresh on my noodle so the more I'm thinking about this. I think that I want to be a Landon Roberts because, I, as you mentioned earlier, 
we trust Highsmith and Watt to get to do the edge stuff themselves. Yeah. Or if I can get Watson rolling out of the pocket either direction, especially to his get right, his feet moving. Yeah. is probably advantageous, you know, considering your edge advantages. But if I can bring an extra guy through the A-gaps, and I think Roberts is really good at that, plus he's more of the run-thumper anyway. Right. You know, I mean, against the chub and taking on guards and traditional stuff. Maybe he's the guy for that job. Maybe not loan, but I think maybe he's the guy for that job. Yeah. So I, you know, I would attack. I mm-hmm. would, I would not sit back and just say hey, we're going to get there with our four-man rush. And Watt and, and 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 Highsmith are better than their offensive tackles, which they are. They are. They are. That's your best advantage. That's your biggest advantage on defense. Um, I would do that and allow Minka to kind of roam that middle. He can kind of clean the middle up. Yeah. Or, you know, if if something does break down, you hope he's the last layer of defense. I always call him the goalie. I also wouldn't hate him walking down your line of scrimmage once in a while, too, and being that blitzer. You yeah. Know? Or maybe a defensive back blitz here. Although I'll say the, like the one time he did blitz last week, mm-hmm. uh, he had a clean shot at Brock Purdy and kind of got. Uh, that, I feel like that, that play happened 100 times. He would go to sack 99 of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just, it was that day, you know, and just like bad mojo across the board. Like he flat out looked bad. Like yeah. he never looks bad. <laughs> you right, know, just right. athletically bad. He looked weird in space and confused and like. Okay, this is his third day. If Minka's going to look that way, one play, <laughs> the free shot. But no, I think that's a great point. Like, if it means leaving Porter, Wallace, Peterson, whomever, one on one on Amari, and Watson beats you with his arm and his processing, okay. Uh, I mean, I, I think you need to hit him and you need to pressure him, even more importantly. Yeah, I think that has to happen here because Watson, again, it's only a seven game sample size. Mm-hmm. But it's a seven-game sample size. I mean, it's a million years ago, but I wonder, and the analytics weren't as even good back then. How was he under pressure with the Texans versus not, I mean, compared to the rest of the league? Just curious. I'm sure it's not tremendous. He's not Mahomes or Burrow or one of those processors, you know. I want to get after him. I want to make him, uh, it goes back to, you know, what we talked about earlier in the week. Um, you know, maybe I, I play a little bit of my Ravens-type defense against these guys and say, okay. Extra hit on him no matter what. Yeah. You yeah. want to? Do you want to try to run your quarterback? Have at it. Have at it. Yeah. I mean, he's not a big slide, run out of bounds type of guy anyway. Yeah. You know? I mean, maybe run out of bounds here and there, but I'm all for it. I mean, he's take advantage of what they give you. I mean, he's dealt with an awful lot in his life the last year and a half, and I'm not saying anybody needs to sympathize with him one bit. But if you can get in his head a little bit in a loud stadium when he knows every eye in America is on him in Monday Night Football, and you know, get them thinking and make them see ghosts, make them see ghosts, make them press and hurt them a little bit. I mean, like hit them a little bit. Yeah. I mean, put a big body on them. I'm all for it. Yeah. So we'll see if that's what the the Steelers uh, tend to do or try to do here that, you know, the difference between this team and what Baltimore does with that, you know, basically when the Steelers do that against the Ravens, they allow the running backs. Yeah. I always think of the Cam Newton McCaffrey game, you know, it's a lot of, mesh should and the quarterbacks reading Watt or Highsmith or whatever. Should I pull it or should I not? And the Steelers just don't care. They're just gonna you're gonna let me hit your quarterback. You're gonna let us hit the yeah. quarterback because you're gonna do this RPO stuff and yeah. and, and do and, some okay. And McCaffrey or Dobbins or whoever has yeah. a long scamper. And they, they average okay. five yards a carry and you're like, oh but the running backs average five yards a carry. Yeah, but the quarterback threw for 124 yards. And, and he's <laughs> limping around and doesn't want to throw anymore or take yeah. any hits or the ball's coming out quicker in the fourth quarter because things don't feel as good. And yeah, I mean there's a ramifications that aren't in the stat sheet. Yeah. Uh com- that's a great call. Yeah. Conversely um Looking at how the 
uh, looking at how the Browns defended Cincinnati, they, oh. they were almost in a nickel, like almost, it was like 90 plus percent mm-hmm. in that game. Now, I don't expect the Steelers, the Steelers aren't going to play as much 11 no, as I mean, Cincinnati the does. Live in 11, yeah, yeah, they live in it. Um, However, I'm, the Browns didn't go to dime. I mean, some people play yeah. dime against the Bengals. You know? Yeah. So um, I, I want to. When I want to run the football, I want to get them in their nickel. When yeah. I want to throw the football, I want them in their base. Yeah. So that means guys like Washington catching passes. Hayward. Hayward catching passes. Yeah. yeah they're great ones. Um, Firemuth. Firemuth sure. doing all yeah. the above. You know, without question. And I would think especially because Deontay's not in the mix, you're probably going to see more 12 anyway. Although they, I mean, they run a lot of, they're, they're basically 11 or 12. I mean, and, yeah. and you know, the, I would think Washington plays a lot of snaps. I mean, you're going to have way. to do that when, you know, when it's, when it's third and seven or third and eight or something like that. Yeah. you got to, you got to come out and you're, you're th- you three receivers. Yeah. Robinson and Austin out there. Yeah. But I don't want that to be my, my base offensive package in this game. I want to come out and be big. I hear you. And I wouldn't mind to your Hayward point, rotating those three tight ends or those two tight ends. I wouldn't even bucks, mind you know? seeing at some points in this game where Hayward's the only quote runner in the game. They showed mm-hmm. that they showed that some in the preseason because I want to see what Cleveland does to combat that. Yeah. And it's not to the Watson level because we, we mentioned this during the week. The Cleveland they'll have five to ten plays with no running back on the field. But and Watson acts as the running back. But Pickett's not a stiff either. Right. You know, like even if you've Went empty with Hayward as your only quote running back doesn't mean he can't do a quarterback draw. Yeah, I just think you have to do things a little bit differently without Deontay Johnson in the lineup. Um, Just like without Hayward in the lineup. I mean, blitz conversation. This is according to Pro Football Focus, so you take this Mm -hmm. for what it's worth. Um, According to them, uh, the Forty Niners only played like six, five. I'm sorry, five snaps of man-to-man defense last week. Yeah, where the Browns were the total opposite. Yeah. They played heavy man, heavy blitz against the Bengals. So how do the Browns do that? You know, can they do they mimic the Niners or do they mimic what they did so well? Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, because and Deontay love- Johnson last week was the highest graded receiver yeah. in the league against man-to-man. Against man- Number one. Number one. Now, he only he had three targets. Two of them were catches. One of them, including, including the one that he got hurt on. Mm-hmm. Um, so a couple things there. I can't stress enough watching the tape how open Deontay was in this Niners game. Yeah. And this isn't uncommon, folks. I mean, like he's a big loss. He's a really good receiver. And again, we don't quote Pro Football Focus like it's gospel, but he was number one. Even if they're a little off, and he was number four in the league against man coverage. Yeah, right. He, <laughs> you know, was, I mean, still, he was still elite. You know, yeah. I mean, that's still a big deal. He gets open against man coverage. So the other guys weren't graded as well. So if I'm, man, if I'm right. Cleveland, I'm coming out in that man. I'm going to say, okay, you don't have your man beater. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think Pickens is still better in man than zone because yeah. it's just a recognition thing. Yeah. Know, he just hasn't run enough routes at this level. Well, I think I think when Pickens is, is if Pickens is matched up one on one with a cornerback, you got to throw him the football. No, I think you throw him the football a lot. Yeah, I mean, the, get it in his area and let him go make a play. I mean, we'll see how the game goes because it's easy to sit here on Thursday or Friday. I'm going to be critical of the coaching staff if this doesn't happen because you don't know how the game's going to go. But I feel like Pickens almost has to get double digit targets. Yeah, you know what I mean. Even if if even if you're you're covered, I'm throwing it up to you. Conversely, Cleveland knows that. Of course, of course. So he's a good chance he gets doubled in this game. I would think. 
I would think. I mean, I, I'm sure Austin's pure speed bothers them. Robinson put good tape out there. But Pickens is the one that scares you. Yeah. Like, they probably don't say, I don't want that guy beating me. I also want, I, But maybe I, they do travel ward with them and say that's our answer. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting, uh, mm-hmm. the chess match part of that. How do they look at the Steelers receivers? Yeah. How do they view them now that you take Deontay Johnson the out of the equation? we talk through it, though, the guy with the best matchups, Fryermuth. That's what I was going to say. Like, yeah, I'll, 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 I think he get if if he gets double digit targets in this game, I would not be surprised. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. We should if they're going to if they're going to play, you know, they're cornerbacks and they're good cornerbacks. They are good corners, right? Um, if they're going to say, okay, we're going to man up on these guys, Firemuth's going to have mm-hmm. a good matchup on a line, one of those linebackers. I mean, Newsom's going to get Robinson a lot, which isn't great for Robinson because he is a tall. Similar build yeah. guy, and he's more athletic than Allen Robinson at this stage of his career. And I'm betting they keep the corners on sides. I think so. Too. I mean, if the defense coordinator didn't, his only showing, that's probably what he believes. But then you'll double whichever side Pickens is on. Yeah, you'll roll coverage that way, yeah. most likely. Okay. But that also maybe it generates an, a big play for Austin, but it sure seems like it sets up well for Fryermuth. And to your earlier conversation, Hayward versus linebacker. I'm going that direction a lot. Without a doubt. Yeah, maybe That's another one where snaps, you have a matchup. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you have a potential matchup uh, creation there. Because this um, is route running ability. Yeah. It's quickness, you know. So what I, I would do a lot of would be to align Fryermuth and Pickens on the same side of the offense. Okay. That's what you're saying. If, force, if they're going to try to double over the top on Pickens, mm-hmm. then that means there should be room for Fryermuth to work underneath mm-hmm. that. Um, and it, conversely, if they start then – Coming up on Fryermuth with the safety, mm-hmm. now you got Pickens down the field over the top. And, and hey, I've never, I don't wouldn't pretend to even know how to design round concepts or offense, but yeah, those two on the same field, read one is Fryermuth, read two is Pickens. Yeah. You know, based on that safety or what you say, you know, half field reads of your two best receivers, high low them, you know, that, that right. type of stuff. I mean, that makes all the sense in the world. Um, another note that I want, meant to say before, you mentioned. Running out of running against nickel, it's to me a huge key for that. And the Niners were the best example you ever see. But I also thought the Steelers receivers did a pretty good job of it too. Robinson, those guys have to block. They got to block. Know, Pickens yeah. is a great blocker. Deontay isn't. He's little. I mean, you know, yeah. Austin won't be. He'll get in the way. But Robinson and Pickens are very good blockers through their entire careers. I mean, Robinson was with Jacksonville and Chicago. So. If you are going to run against Nick, you know, with three receivers on the field, they can't be standing around just not getting in the way. And know? that might be a situation that might be where Gunnar Olszewski comes into play. That's a good point. I mean, he's you know when they've an Austin snap here and there. Yeah, and, yeah. if you see Gunnar Olszewski yeah. on the field some in those three receiver sets, it's not because they, they were looking to, and they're going to throw some out of that. They're not going to run mm-hmm. every time they put him on the field. That's too big mm-hmm. of a tell. Yeah, and Boykin's a good blocker too. But Boykin, but, right. yeah, but. They throw their bodies around. They're going to get in there and and dig guys out. They'll dig out a linebacker. And these Browns linebackers aren't super big. No, they're all built for speed. I mean, JOK is a really intriguing player. But But he's 210 pounds. I'm sure Gunner will cross-body block him in a second if you tell him (laughs) to. Would you imagine Olszewski is – he's going to be active. He'll be active, yeah. Yeah, because of the Deontay situation. Right. Okay. Um, So, you know, if you've got those guys at your disposal, you're going to use them. Mm-hmm. You're not going to just say, "Oh, we're not going to play these guys. We're only going to play these three receivers." Yeah, um, you know. So you, you, you know, why not uh, do some of that stuff? We saw them do it throughout the preseason. We saw them do it in training camp. Um, there was a lot of time, you know, when they wanted to run the football. You know, you got 
Gunnar Olszewski out there digging out the digging out a linebacker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. And even Hayward and Washington and Fryermuth are all very capable blockers, as are Warren and Harris in protection. And the more we talk through this too, it's like they're five skill guys. Maybe not Austin. Better be plus blockers in this game. Yeah, I mean, in, in and I think it's a run game or whatever. Yeah, I think, I think you're going to try to di- maybe dictate to the Cleveland what they're what they're going to play. I want to see how their base defense plays because, as you may mention, they were not very good last year. No, not at all. I mean, Stopping the and run, they didn't get challenged all that much. And frankly, Mixon still or their running backs averaged well over four yards a carry. Right. I mean, it wasn't great. They got away from it. Then they ran for seven or eighty yards. They got whatever, behind. Yeah, but they. Ran the ball fine. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't look at the Browns' run defense and be like, oh, it's fixed. It's fixed, you know, yeah. Because, frankly, the Steelers have to play a certain way, and it's running the football. That's what they did last year down the yeah. stretch. That's what they didn't do in this game. They didn't, as much as they talked all throughout the offseason about we know what our identity is. Mm-hmm. And it was the players. It was the coaches. It was us. Uh, you know, sure. saying what the players and coaches were, were telling us. No, what the game showed. They didn't. Yeah. You know, they they were – and some of it was because they were forced out of what they wanted their game script to be because yeah. they kept going three and out. Um, but you, you've got to establish that. I, th- I think what they tried to do in this past game was, was establish the pass to set up the run. Just come out and do what you do. Do what you do. Uh, I mean, enough with the, the nonsense. Just, just be a physical, high-volume, downhill running team and put some big bodies out there and – Everybody needs a block and see how it goes. Yeah. The chips fall with Throw when you need to throw. I mean, they were really mm-hmm. good on third downs last year uh, in the second half of the season, 54%, yeah. because they were in a lot of third and five or, or fewer. Mm-hmm. And Kenny really executed well, even third and eights and third and tens and stuff, too, yeah. in last year. It's a, it's a hard way to live, though. It, 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 the Mahomeses of the world are going to be high on third down percentage, but it's it, year to year, it's usually not super sticky that, you know, teams are great on third downs year after year yeah we'll see you don't want to live in that but third and twos i'm i'm fine with you know, yeah all right day long two big, um two physical runs do you want to play with any pace in this game Matt? a lot of people saying well you know the steelers offense looked its best when they went when they went to the no huddle i like it best the beauty of no huddle is a couple things the key to it to me is knowing what you're going to get well when you get the 11 on your side versus 11 on their right. side that they don't like. like. If Miles Garrett's off the field, by all means. Right. Go hurry up. Or, wow, they should be a nickel, but they're in base, and we got them where we want them. Yeah. Don't huddle. Let's go. Let's go. Pace, 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 yeah. pace. And I don't – frankly, I just don't know. Is Kenny to the point – like, if Aaron Rodgers or Brady sees that or Ben, I mean, they're never going to let him change. Right. Would, would Pickett know or have the ability to, to dictate that kind of stuff? I don't know. I still think pace, though, early in the season – especially if you're running the ball well and you kind of have a defense on their heels. I'm big on fatigue early in the season. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's hard to string six, seven, eight snaps together, if, even if you're Miles Garrett, you know, having not done it very much this year. Yeah. You know, since so, last year, you know. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see as well. Uh, we're going to get to a break and come back. we got a special guest joining us here. He likes <laughs> to live in his fears. That'll give everybody a little a hint of who that might be. But uh, he is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be back with more right after this. This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally. He is Matt Williamson, the Matt Williamson. And, uh, well, we're pleased to be joined now by our, uh, our 
esteemed guest here, the Lord of Living in His Fears, the Dean of Doom and Gloom, <laughs> that would be Bob Labriola, uh, editor of uh, Steelers Digest, Steelers.com, team historian. Uh, anything else that I missed uh, on you, on that, Bob? No, I like the uh, gloom and doom and the uh, <laughs> living in my fears thing. All-around swell guy. <laughs> All-around swell guy, the lord of living in his fears. That's <laughs> in his lordly manner. What's the uh, doom meter on right now, Labs, after that fiasco? Well, I mean, you know, if you want to look at the statistics, it's a slaughter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, uh, the Browns are coming off a win over the Bengals. The Steelers got smashed by the 49ers. So any kind of uh, league rankings or statistics or any of that stuff um, looks ugly. You put uh, Cam Hayward on IR today. Uh, Deontay Johnson's not going to play. <laughs> it's, 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 a pretty it's pretty doomy and gloomy. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know what else you could say about it if you look at it that way. Um, we'll see what happens on Monday night. I think the Steelers are going to be a little bit uh, more buttoned down in terms of what they want to do, who they want to do with, do it with. I mean, and um, hopefully they play better uh, because if you play like that, it really doesn't matter. Nothing else really matters. Would you expect an early dedication to the running game no matter what? Uh, I I'll, this is my opinion. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have a dedication to anything early that wasn't working. Um, because I, 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 you know, saying we're going to run the ball on them, you go three and out two times in a row, you're going to mm-hmm. keep running it. I'm not. I hear. Yeah. Not not yeah. as a um, complete die. So that's what I mean by I'm not saying when I'm saying. Uh, I'm not going to be committed to anything early if it's not working at all. Well, we were just talking uh, in the previous segment about um, you know, just some some. You, you know, you don't have Deontay Johnson going into this game. Uh, that's not going to change. I, I I think you have to, if you were the Steelers, look at how you're going to attack this and say, okay, we got to get our best eligibles on the field. And, you know, whether that be playing more 12 personnel and, and maybe using Connor Hayward in some situations or, or Darnell Washington in some situations, uh, just try to dictate to Cleveland what packages they put on the field because I think I think Cleveland's best package might be its nickel uh, because the three corners are all pretty good. Uh, and, you know, you're, you're without your best receiver. Right. That, that could be a very valid approach but you've got to convert some third downs. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Kenny Pickett needs to be a much better version of himself. Um, pass protection has to be much better. And I agree with you, Dale. You've got to look with some uh, maybe personal groupings to combat their personal groupings. Um, but guys got to make plays. They have to win matchups. There are going to be times when Calvin Austin or Alan Johnson or George Pickens going to have to line up on Denzel Ward or Greg Newsome and win that matchup uh, because you can scheme so much of it, but I really do think it comes down to the guys on the field, how they perform. Labs, you mentioned Kenny, and 
there's no way around it. He played a very poor game. And I, I don't not to speak for you, but I have faith that he will rebound. He's going to be a good NFL player, a good starter. But you're not going to beat good teams with your quarterback playing at that level, no matter what. I mean, whether it's Joe Burrow last week or the Browns or Kenny versus the Niners, I mean, it's it's all, it's too up, uphill of a climb. Right, uh, unless you hit one of those unbelievably freaky games like last year's opener in Cincinnati when your mm-hmm. defense is scoring touchdowns and just, you know, backing quarterbacks and taking the ball away ridiculous numbers of time. Uh, that happens very, very rarely. Mm-hmm. But you're absolutely right about there's a, there's a kind of a Mendoza line for quarterback play in the NFL. And uh, we were below it last week, last Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know everybody uh, is quick to, to point to point fingers at Matt Canada again. And, hey, I'm, I'm not here to defend him. But when your quarterback plays like that um, and misses open receivers and, and, you know, basically couldn't hit a throw early in that game, uh, and, and then the next thing you do, you look up and it's 20 to nothing. I don't care. Uh, Bill Walsh is your offensive coordinator. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, that, I'm not putting that on the offensive coordinator. Um, how about uh, defensively, Bill, Bob, without Cam Hayward out there, uh, we saw T.J. Watt have a T.J. Watt game. If you would have told me before that game started that Nick Bosa wouldn't have a sack, but T.J. Watt had three and two forced fumbles, I'm telling you right now that the, the Steelers won the game. Um, Got to stop Nick Chubb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, or at least a reasonable facsimile of it. Uh, and because of Nick Chubb... It, controls the game with his physical style of running uh, that that I mean that just creates too many problems for the Steelers and creates too many opportunities for the uh, Browns you, you have a situation where you did last Sunday where the offense is doing whatever it wants and so you know with with uh, the 49ers it was more about Brock Purdy and how he kind of orchestrated things with the Browns, it's hand the ball to Nick Chubb, and we're going to um, pound you with it. And if that is allowed to be successful, um, we'll get to the other things when we get to them, and, and they'll probably be pretty uh, successful. Labs, I want to get back to the offense real quick. Is you know, I'm just what's your impression? Where are you at right now on the Steelers' O line? I mean, judging their run blocking in that game, this is too small sample size for me. I thought Solomalu had a rough game. I expect that to change. Um, is it a plus? Is it a are they an advantage or a disadvantage to the team right now? Well, I mean, there is no unit on that team that, if Wait, you look well, at the yeah. way they performed against the 49ers, you would grade their performances a plus. So they're a minor. After the everybody's a minor. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't know. What you could possibly say was a plus. I mean, you mentioned T.J. Watt's individual performance, but I wouldn't label the pass rush a plus. Not over the course of the whole game. Mm-hmm. Not over the uh, in too many situations where our Brock Party had time to do what he needed to do. I guess the better Watt question for me would have, would have been: Do you have faith in this offensive line to be a plus? Uh, <laughs> if, if, if they don't have to play the 49ers every week, you know, I mean, that's, that's so much of this. Uh, I think that what 
we're making a mistake doing right now is looking at the Steelers as a versus a standard of play or performance, and are they better than that? Uh-uh. It's what are you, who are you playing that week, and are you better than them that week? Um, so can the Steelers' uh, defensive line deal with the Browns and the running attack? Uh, some guys are going to have to play pretty good, and uh, they're going to have to play as a group really well. Everybody's going to be in their gaps and all those coaching cliches. And they're going to have to tackle. Um, I think that this team has some talent. Uh, I believe that, again, in the first game, the the plan and the execution of it, the the preparation based on what we saw in the game was all below the line. Is that the way it's going to be every week? Um, I don't know. I I didn't think I saw that at training camp and during the preseason. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to find out, though. Bob, what do you make of the uh, the Steelers' uh, winning streak at home on Monday Night Football? Is is there something to that, or is it just um, fluky? Fluky, lucky. Uh, and I also think that this team, the Steelers traditionally, have gotten themselves up for event performances, as well. I'll refer to it. Joe Green's jersey retirement. Um, you know, Ben's last game, all those kinds of events. You know, the game where they uh, memorialized Dan Rooney, the game where they, you know, the uh, Franco Harris's uh, memorial kind of situation. Mm-hmm. So the Steelers play well in those situations, plus, uh, you know, some luck. And uh, I, I, I did kind of think that they get up, they like the lights. So, Labs, you mentioned lack of bright spots on Sunday, and that's apparent, obviously. One I'm really excited about, though, is the rookie out of Wisconsin, Keanu Benton. And nobody wants Cam Hayward not to be on the field, of course. And I'm not saying he's going to Wally Pip him or anything like that, but I do think it opens the door for a very impressive rookie to show that he's a long-term answer possibly there. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think that in general, the way the Steelers are looking at things is we made some good moves over the offseason. Drafted, uh, did some nice free agency additions. And so now we need them. This is what we're going to do. We're going to develop these guys, prepare them, and play them. And, and hopefully that, you know, they become what we're talking about and what, and what we thought they were all through the process. You're not going to go out and try to sign somebody. I mean, that fans, they, they go there all the time. As soon as something happens, yeah. they want to go shop. Um, so I, I don't think that that's what they're going to do. I don't think that that's what they should supposed to do. Um, and I agree with you. Keanu Benton is one of those guys that I'm going to be interested in seeing how he plays. Uh, prepare him for, for a more complete role, practice him as he's going to play a lot, and then let's see what we got. Our guest is uh, Bob Lariola, the editor of uh, Steelers Digest, the Steelers.com. And, of course, uh, Bob, uh, one of your big features that you do uh, on, on Steelers.com is asked and answered. We're having our own little asked and answered uh, uh, party here right now. I can only imagine – 
what the asked and answered questions were like this How week. How was the tone this week? Bill, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you sit next to me in the braille box. That was press box. <laughs> Halftime of that game, I was getting them. Uh, I was too busy Half-time. listening to you muttering under your breath the entire game. To this. <laughs> I've, I've seen some ugliness. <laughs> but uh, and this is up to, you know, I mean, it was a complete uh, defeat. Let me use that word. But it was, yeah, the, the, I've seen the, 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 the uh, things thrown around. The worst Steelers defeat in home history and all, all the, like, in opener history. And, like, you've covered game. You covered the 51 nothing game. You covered the 37-7 game in 97, as did I, against the Cowboys. Like, both of those teams rebounded and made the playoffs. You do get to play 16 more you get games. The, yeah, you yeah. got more games after this. Yeah, you know, there were some trips to Jacksonville, too. The oh, absolutely. I mean, there were, you know. How many trips to Philadelphia have they made over the, the years and the, just the, gotten crushed? The Steelers have been in business for more than 90 years. <laughs> so the worst, <laughs> when you worst talk ever, about yeah. what is the worst, there's probably a pretty good list of just about <laughs> any category you want to come up with. Yeah, because yeah. the, the first 40 or so of those years were not good. <laughs> and then there was a lot of good for the others, yeah. <laughs> Bob, um, I'm gonna go back to yeah, the, you know, yeah. that's that's what makes the world go around. I'm gonna go back to the rookie class a little bit. I mean, Joey Porter Jr. played under ten snaps. It was either nine or seven. I forget whatever. Seven, yeah, seven. Uh, you don't think that's a reflection of they're concerned about him or he's not ready? I mean, I, I think that was a little bit situational on who they play, and if the Browns are gonna throw the ball a little more, you know, more three three receiver sets. I think Porter's role jumps up heavily this week. Yeah, I, I think that the last week was his first game of his rookie season. Mm-hmm. They had a plan for him, a package for him that they thought they were going to get to. Uh, <laughs> they that. never did, so <laughs> he, never, he didn't play. And I, I don't think that you just throw him in there without being able to play what you prepared him for and he practiced for. So Bob, you mean you don't throw play. him in there just to see what he can do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I hate that. Yeah. Uh, That's a great term, yeah. But this week, I firmly believe that they'll prepare it differently, he'll practice differently, and he'll play more. Mm-hmm. And I think he's pretty good in terms of where – he is at this point of what he is, which is a rookie cornerback in the National Football League. This is a question probably. And let me say this, though. One thing about Joey Porter Jr., and I love him to death, but they're going to call him with the hand stuff like crazy early in this regular season. They're going to call it whether he does it or not. They're going to call it whether they see it or not. Uh, That's welcome to the NFL. Mm Mm-hmm. I guess it's a question for both of you. Might we see King sooner than later? I love that oh, pickup. He's better. Yeah. Yes, I mean at some point. I mean, he, you know, it, it's he's a veteran in guy. Some way. Yeah, he would. Uh, he, yeah. You signed him for a reason, mm-hmm. um, and he he should be able to uh, get up to speed pretty quickly. I would think. I would think there's a chance he plays this week, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think it's it's going to be interesting to see how they react to these. Two pretty major injuries that you know, uh, but really the, major you know, injuries. yeah. Nobody's talking about. I'm, I'm looking here at Houston or uh, I'm sorry, Cleveland's uh, injury report today, Bob. 
and we already know they're going to be without their right tackle, Jack Conklin. They get three defensive tackles that didn't practice today, including the starter. Uh, um, so, I mean, it's not like they came out of the, the last week's game unscathed. No, no, no. But I don't think that they're in the situation that the Steelers are in with Hayward and Deontay Johnson. Well, no, that's different. Yeah, yeah I understand. Cal- right, the caliber of who they are and that they're out. Um, I, because you look at the Browns' injury report, they have the three veterans' days off. Antonio, Amari Cooper, and Miles Garrett. Um, and there's an extra day. I'm sorry? And there is an extra day this week. Right, and there's yeah. an extra day this week. Yes, good point by you. So, Bob, what's your, what's your overall feeling heading into this game? <laughs> <laughs> are we feeling are we feeling like the, the Steelers are going to bounce back, or are we looking at this – through a more negative lens? Well, I think they're going to play better. Yeah, I think so, too. I do. I think mm-hmm. it's going to be a much more representative performance, top to bottom. Uh, whether that's good enough to win, you know, because the Browns, they're not that bad. Like I said, no. if you allow Nick Chubb to do his thing and for them to do, his, uh, do their thing based on his thing, they can be tough to beat. Labs, the more I think about this, it's, it comes down to exactly to that. I mean, he's the best ball carrier in the league, in my opinion. And if Chubb goes off, they're going to get beat bad. If they contain him, they'll be in it. Uh, I don't know that they'll be beat bad if they can't contain him, but they will lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And, it's, and then, to me, it really doesn't matter to the three. Right. Uh, yeah, 0-2 would be... I'm not going to say it's a deal breaker, a season ender, or any of that kind of stuff, but it's bad. Yeah, it, it certainly would be. Uh, Bob Labriola has been our guest here from uh, Steelers Digest, Steelers.com, and uh, of course, a team historian. Uh, Bob's going to be joining us on Thursdays uh, throughout the uh, throughout the season. Hopefully, uh, next week, Bob, we'll have a little more, <laughs> a little less doom and gloom, cheer, and maybe, yeah. maybe a little more, uh, maybe it'd be a little brighter. But uh, we're going to get to a break here. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be back with more right after this. This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. With the latest sideline apparel, hats, or jerseys of your favorite players, authentic memorabilia, custom items, and exclusives, you can find only directly from the team at one of the official Steelers Pro Shops located at Acrisure Stadium, Grove City Premium Outlets, or Tanger Outlets, or visit us online at shop.steelers.com. <coughs> this, excuse me. Yeah, we'll look out. Trying to get through all that, and you just. Kinda, <laughs> little, it happens, man. Yeah. Uh, we have the Steelers injury report here. He is Matt Williams, and I'm Dale Lally. Um, so treat this like a Wednesday report. This is more like the Wednesday yeah. report. Uh, so for the Steelers, uh, no surprise here. Deontay Johnson with the hamstring did not practice. Mm-hmm. Um, he will not play this week. He's out. Um, Anthony McFarlane with a knee did not practice. Mm, I wasn't aware of that. 
Yeah. Um, Chooks Akora for with the concussion was limited today. That's actually a step in the right that's direction. Step one, right? That's yeah, step get one. Get that ball rolling, yeah. Uh, James Daniels with an ankle. We didn't know what that was, okay. but that is He finished it. the game, though. Yeah, he finished the game. He was limited today. Uh, Pat Fryermuth with the chest was limited today. Not surprising there. And then Larry Ogunjobi with the foot was limited today. So. Okay. I mean, that's as good as you can hope for. I mean, yeah. I didn't know about Daniels or McFarland until today, but... It doesn't sound like my hunches. It's a Wednesday precautionary thing. Give him a, a, a little bit of a day off. And Chooks is moving in the right direction. That's great. I would imagine Dan Moore's taking snaps at left tackle, not right. I don't know exactly how you'd handle that as a coaching staff. You know. Yeah, I think. I mean, I somebody think has to play right. The, the idea can. is that is that you leave Dan Moore. If you know, if you think that Chooks Okorafor is going to play, you leave mm-hmm. Dan Moore at left tackle. I would assume. Yeah. Wednesday, Thursday practice. Give you an opportunity like maybe to get Broderick Jones some snaps at right tackle. Hmm. I wouldn't mess with him though. I mean, if he's only played left, I don't remember him taking any snaps at right at camp. He didn't, but if you're just trying to, okay, yeah. just let's see what it gives you a chance to see what it looks like. I don't know. I feel like you're you're making a beautiful painting there. Don't go Bob Ross in it and throw well, somebody a has to play funny right little well, Cook, I guess. Yeah, yeah. or uh, Anderson for practice at least until Jukes is ready. But then I hear you. Jones hear you. isn't getting any. You know, he's and not... then he's sitting around with some, you know, holding yeah. his helmet. I hear you. I hear you. Um. On the Brown side of things. This is noteworthy. Yeah. As uh, Bob mentioned, there were three guys uh, who did not play early in the game or did not par- participate in practice because uh, non-injury related stuff. That was Joel Batonio, uh, Amari Cooper, Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett already getting the uh, the veteran. veteran stuff, yeah. Like he's the same age as T.J. Watt. Like, I assume he just think he's important. I guess. You know. uh, but here's where it gets interesting for them. Defensive tackle Shelby Harris. Mm-hmm. Did not participate in practice. He's got an Achilles. He's a player. Yeah, as Bob said, he's not Cam Hayward. Right. You know, right? You know. uh, Maurice Hurst, one of their other defensive tackles with a hamstring, did not practice. And then uh, Siaki Ika, their uh, rookie defensive tackle, they drafted. Their uh, see their first draft pick. No, their first pick was Tillman. That's right. You're okay. right. Uh, he did not practice because of a foot issue. It's a lot of weight on that foot. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did sign a defensive tackle earlier this week, so they're it tells they're me preparing, they're yeah. preparing to be without at least one of those guys mm-hmm. and maybe multiple. Uh, Juan Thornhill, uh, one of their big offseason additions at, at the safety position, he did not practice because of a calf injury. Uh, then you got uh, linebacker, um, what is Walker's first name? Uh, Anthony. Anthony. Anthony Walker. Yeah. Uh, he did not practice for a non-injury related issue. I don't know what okay, that would be. Okay. Uh, and then, of course, uh, I think he was hurt last year. He had a knee oh, last he, year. Their, yeah. their linebackers were all Devastated hurt last, last year. year. Yeah. This one, Jedrick Willis, their left tackle with a foot issue, was limited. Wow. So he would be replaced by Hudson. Hudson, who they use as a sixth guy. Kind of liked him coming out of Cincinnati, but he's never really evolved. Good athlete, not real power player. Um, but Wills is not a great player on his own right. And if what was his injury? Foot. If he's a little slow moving out of his stance or changing directions, I mean, he doesn't have a lot of room for error in that necessarily. I'll get back to the D tackles, though. I mean, to me, that's the story is, again, they have an extra day to heal and all that. But if you activated one, teams tell you. you yeah. know? Tomlinson's their best defensive tackle. They're not going to kick Zadarius Smith down on a regular basis. They're not going to do that in their package. base. No, yeah. no, that's a package thing, yeah. you know. It um, goes back to what we good. talked about. Right. I want those guys on the field. If they are, if if any of those guys play, like Shelby Harris plays with the sore Achilles. Mm-hmm. All right, I want him on the field. Yeah, I, I, exactly. So, 
Tomlinson, I'd have to study it. Would he be on – is he out there in nickel? I'm sure he would be now with injuries. I think he almost I, has to be. Yeah, I would think he has to be. Ideally, he probably wouldn't be. But you gave him a lot of money, and he's okay. But definitely your third corner is way better than these guys we're talking about as second defensive tackles. So I, I hear you. I mean, I think more often than not, I'm really warming up to the idea – and it sounds like you're already there. You know, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm there, baby. I'm yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, just big offensive personnel. Yeah, uh, I'm just looking here. Uh, so that would that would leave them with Dalvin Tomlinson and Jordan Elliott that are really the only two healthy defensive tackles on there. They only have five. Elliott hasn't made a splash in the league no. yet either. Like he's listed as the starter. The other three guys that we just mentioned are all listed as backups. I'm not sure they would be backups if if – they're not hurt right now. If they're not, so Harris has been around the block. Yeah. He's a decent player. Where Elliott hasn't done much of anything to this point. Tomlinson's their best guy, and then there's a bunch of piecing things together. But if you're without a couple of those pieces, did, did you know the name of who they called up or whatever? Um, I, mean, I doubt it matters. I mean, he's worse than those dudes, obviously. Right. But I can't remember who, who would, whoever it is, is probably uh, going to be active. Uh, the Browns are saying that's from when they signed Shelby Harris. Mm-hmm. Um, they were, and Shelby Harris hasn't been with them super long either. Yeah, he's, they signed him August 10th. Um, Maurice Hurst, that was one year. That was on March 15th. I'm not. Uh, okay, no big deal. It, apparently, it's not anybody that uh, is noteworthy. Yeah. Noteworthy I because somebody off their practice squad. Did, yeah, yeah, I did a Google, like, okay, you're going to sign a practice squad Mm-hmm. Defensive tackle and bring him up. Like he's not—he's so new. He's not even on this. I bet our lads has him. Yeah, I bet he. Um, I bet they do. And, and frankly, from what I've understood, they're not real thrilled with Ika either. I mean, he's a big, power, slow-footed nose type guy. That's you know taller than the Casey Hamptons and Wilforks of the world. Yeah. But I'm almost certain he was inactive. Maybe that was also somewhat injury related. But. He's not if he if he's one of the starters. I think you're happy about it. If well, maybe they sign one to their practice squad. No, okay, because uh, okay. he's not listed on our lads either on their depth chart. Gotcha. They have five defensive tackles on their depth chart here, and three, three of them three of them did not practice today. Okay, well let's definitely monitor that tomorrow because tomorrow is yeah. the real telling time for this week. Yeah, absolutely. So again, if I if I can keep them in that base package and force those guys to play, yeah. I mean, um, even on third and three, third and four, I mean, it doesn't mean you can't be out stay there big. with Washington and Fryermuth and, yeah. you know, Hayward or any of those guys. Stay big and lean on those guys yeah, I like because it. I just, you know, Dalvin Tomlinson's one guy. You can double him <laughs> yeah, and he's not a in the run he's game a good player. and yeah. move him out of there. Yeah, he's so. a good player. He's not a superstar. He's not. He's more of a pocket pusher than a pass rusher. I thought they overpaid for him, but it was a huge need, and I mean, he makes them better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes here as the week continues yeah. to go on, but uh, that's going to – uh, do it for our number one here on The Drive. Uh, we'd like to thank uh, Bob Labriola for stopping by. We'll be back with our number two uh, on The Drive right after this. We'll kick off, kick things off here with a little uh, fantasy football focus. When we come back, he is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. You're home for the best Steelers coverage. Man, my holiday bills are almost as hard to get rid of as my in-laws. I guess my budget will be my New Year's resolution again. Hi there. Friendly S&T Banker here. The aftermath of the holidays can be tough. Have you thought about using the equity in your home to consolidate your debt? I can do that? Yep. Home equities are one of the lowest cost financing options. At ST Bank, we can help you so you can have a financial fresh start. Stop by a branch or visit stbank.com to learn more. ST Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. 